Can we give the Lord a clap offering this morning? Oh, man. Let me tell you, he is a good God. That's who he is. You know, there's a line in that song, taste and see that the Lord is good. I remember the day that I first tasted, and I can honestly tell you my life has never been the same since. He is a good God. He is a good God. Can we say that? He is a good God. Well, this morning, me and Ben were kind of looking at each other at about 10 o'clock, and we knew it was time to start, but it was a little bit hard, because I was looking around, and you could just see everybody talking. That's the heart of family. That's what we want in this house, is the heart of family. And today, I am looking around. I'm seeing a lot of new people. We welcome you to Spruce Grove Community Church. We're thankful you're with us. Our heart's desire is that God would touch you in some way today, but if this is your first time... We hope today you will encounter God in a special way. That's our hope and that's our desire for you. Now we've got some people back home before we go back and worship. I know Matt and Carrie are here. And I've asked if Matt would come and just open the service up in prayer before we go back in. So Matt, come on up. Let's welcome Matt. Come on. Before I pray, I'm just going to say something short. I was really excited to come back to Canada this time because in Guatemala, it's really cramped. You drive, the roads are narrow, you're always in a line, it's hot and sweaty. I, I say that uh, I sweat more eating, eating dinner in Guatemala more than I running 10 kilometers here. So it feels cramped. But Canada, there's tons of space. And there's tons of space in the spirit realm right now that God wants to open it up. Yeah. So sometimes I think we wait at the door. You know when you're waiting at the door, you're waiting for your husband or your wife, and you're, okay, it's time to go got your purse on, you got your coat on, and you're waiting and waiting and waiting, or you come to a meeting, or you come to, and you just sit at the back in the physical, but let's put our purses down, let's take our coats off, because there's a, there's a realm of the Spirit of God, there's room enough for everybody, and God wants to do something, He wants to speak to our spirits, and fill us with His presence to go out and, and bring it to the world, so I encourage you that, someone who lives in a cramped country, you guys have a lot of space, physically and spiritually, Canada is very blessed. So, Lord, we praise you today. You are good. No one can compare with you. No one can even come close to you. You are the greatest God ever. So we bless your name today, and we pray that as we worship you, we would come. We put our purses down. We put our coats down. We put our problems down. We put all the situations down, and we say, God, you're worthy of praise, and we're not going to be silent. We're not going to shut up. We're not going to. We're going to give you what you deserve. We bless you today, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's worship him. Yes, Father, you are a holy God. You know, we've been praying for our city for our province, for our nation, for other nations. We can just take a minute. I was hoping Garth Coster was here. Garth's visiting with us, not under great circumstances. He's actually been evacuated from his city, Hay River, because of the fires that are going on there. And so today we want to pray for these guys too because we believe God can touch Hay River and the surrounding area. We know God can bring rain. We know we can bring... Uh, a resolution to these fires. And so let's just join our faith together in praying. Father God, we thank you for who you are. God, we know you want to touch our city. 
We know you want to touch our country. We know you want to touch the nations. But, Father, right now we ask that you would touch Hay River and the surrounding areas, God. Father, you see where this fire is, and we know that you can put this fire out. We know that you can bring rain. And so, God, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask that you would come, that you would come, and then you would put these fires out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, touch that land. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many believe God can do that? How many believe God can do that? I'm telling you, for some of us, I know it's hard for us to think God can do that. Let me tell you, that's the God we serve. You know, Tyson came out to me during the service and he said, I really feel like God just wants to insert faith into our body. Just faith for something big, something. This is what it takes. You know, the Bible says that if we have the faith of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. Do we believe that? I know we've read that verse a lot, but sometimes I wonder if we dealt that verse. But that is the word of God, that if we have the faith of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. So I know right now that as we join together with our faith, God can put that fire out. In fact, I know right now that there are many things going on in this room. I know there are many situations, there are many problems, there are many heartaches, there are many pains, and I know our God right now can touch those things too. And so we're going to pray into that before we transition. So I just want everybody to stand, regardless of where you're at in your journey right now. We all have something. There's, all, there's something going on in all our lives. So I just want you to take this moment, and in your heart just say, I believe you can do this. I believe that you can do this, Father. If you're a Christian, a non-Christian, it don't matter. Right in this moment, he wants to show you who he is. Because that's the God we serve. So let's pray. Father God, right now, I know there are a multitude of needs across this room. And Father, not one of these needs is too big for you. Father, each and every one of them, you can come right now and you can touch them. You can bring healing where healing is needed. You can bring financial provision where financial provision is needed. Father, where there's depression, you can make that depression disappear. Father, where there's just hurt hearts, we know right now, God, that you can heal those hearts. Where there's family dysfunction and problems, God, we know you can come in and you can bring that shalom peace into those situations, God. You are a God who heals. You are a God who delivers. You are a God who meets all of our needs, and all we have to do is come to you and ask. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, each need in this place, we submit it to you, and we ask that you would touch each person in Jesus' name. And if you agree, can you say amen? Amen. Let's give him a clap offering. Well, let's grab our seats. We're going to transition to the next part of the service. Thank you, worship team. I think I'll share uh, one or two stories, and then I want to share a word with you. But uh, there was something about Peru, like uh, just the hunger inside the people and just the receptiveness is amazing because just to start a conversation, you know, we always say Canadians are so polite, right? It's like I've heard that so much. You know, I don't know if they're as polite as we think they are, right? I actually think the Peruvians are way more politer than we are, right? Because, I mean, you tell someone about your faith, that's going to end very quickly, you know, most people are going to say, I don't want to hear anything, and they might even be fairly rude about it. 
there for whatever reason it's just like they're going to listen to the entire conversation and I'm like do they really want to hear this you know are they just being generous are they just being polite and then all of a sudden you see all these people praying and giving their hearts to the Lord and I thought to myself you know I just wonder how sustainable this is are these people actually staying in the faith and one of the things that really encouraged me is as we were walking around all these random people were coming up and hugging Jose I'm like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Oh, I led them to the Lord 15 years ago. I led them to the Lord 13 years ago. I led them to the Lord nine years ago, right? God is doing something, right? And it's not just in Peru, right? He's about to do something in this nation, right? He is. And we've talked a lot about this. We've heard this over and over. In fact, we heard it just last Sunday, that the harvest is ready. The harvest is ready. And we're not just talking about Peru. We're talking about Spruce Grove. We're talking about Alberta. We're talking about Canada. God wants to do something. And I think the greater question is this. And Tyson touched on this when he came up to me and said, it's about our faith. It is about our faith. Is do we believe that God can really move? Because he wants to. Yeah. And he's just waiting for us to say, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Now, I'll share two quick stories because it is quite awkward, to be honest with you. We went to this little village in the Andes. And I remember Jose's just like, yeah, so go evangelize. And I'm like, How? Right? We don't speak Spanish. He's like, you'll figure it out. Take the tracks. Hand them out, right? And then I told him, well, take the team members and at least you know, teach each one of them to do this. And I'll figure it out for myself. He's like, yeah, perfect. Sounds good. And so he took all the team members. I remember I was just sitting there going, okay, well, what am I supposed to do here because of the language barrier? And I just remember they start doing this skit. And as they're doing this skit, I actually started to pray. And I said, God, if there's someone here that I can talk to, can you please point them out to me? Well, sure enough, there is a guy sitting on a bench, and he's wearing a red jacket. Of course it's red, right? First person I see, as soon as that red jacket, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sit beside him. And I just sit beside this guy, and I feel like the Lord's saying, this is the guy I want you to talk to. And I'm thinking, how is this going to work, right? Like, I just don't speak Spanish. Uh, and so they do this whole skit, and there were times, i got to be honest with you, they were kind of mocking it. I can hear them laughing. Right? It wasn't the most polished skit. In fact, there were a couple times his wig almost came off and stuff, right? Somebody's like, oh my goodness. And we're just watching this and watching this. And all of a sudden, by the end, I just see their facial posture shift. Because I can tell you something, whether you realize it or not, everybody is looking for something. Everybody is looking for that answer, the truth. They want to know. We all do. I did before I was saved. I just didn't know it. We're all looking for something. This guy, all of a sudden, I watched his posture shift. And all of a sudden, he's getting serious, and he's sitting there beside his wife. And the thing ends. And then Jose's like, okay, go do it. And he gives us a bunch of tracks. And I get these tracks. And I'm like, okay, where'd he go? Where'd he go? And I look and I see the guy in the red. I'm going to pretend he's Darcy right now because he's wearing red. And as soon as I see him, I just look at him like this. And as soon as we get eye contact, he just starts smiling. It was as if he knew it. Right. He just smiled at me. And I went, you know. And he's like, shakes. I'm like, oh, maybe he speaks English. Right? And I get up to this guy and I'm like, you speak English, don't you? Yes, I do. Because God's a smart God, yes, right? I get up to him, I'm like, so why are you here? And you speak English, how does this work? He goes, I'm actually a tour guide for the Amigos, and they're over at the, the hot pools right now, so I didn't know where to go. And I thought, you know what, I'll come downtown, and I'm just going to be here. That's where I felt I needed to go. So I'm here with my wife. And we start talking, he starts telling me he's got a little kid and all this stuff. You know, and within 10 minutes, I kid you not, no, it was probably five minutes. I could just tell, like, this guy wants the Lord. Like, I didn't have to work at it or nothing. Wow. Boom, gets saved. Come on. Boom, his wife gets saved. Yeah. 
able to pray for him right on the moment, right? Just, just the power of God, if we're willing to listen, because guess what? He speaks. And I felt he was saying to me, you can do this at home. You just got to be willing to listen. And sometimes we're just not willing to listen. Are we getting a lot of echo? No, it's okay? All right, just me. And so I feel that God is still saying, you know, because even Brett, like, he did a great job last Sunday, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I thought Brett did an amazing job, and 90%, that's the message I want to preach, right? Today I'm not going to preach that message, but 90%, that's the message I want to preach. Because I know God wants to do something in this community. He's just looking for people who will actually attach their faith to it and join with him. The reason I know it can happen is because it happened to me. Because I was that kid at 17 years old in this community who didn't want to have anything to do with it. But I'm glad there was a people who joined together in faith and said, we believe something can happen. And they did something about it. Now, Brett talked about this, and I appreciated that. Because sometimes we do do that. We're just like, God, I love you, I love you, I love you. Clean your room. Yeah, yeah, but I love you, I love you, I love you. Clean your room. You know, but I love you, I love you. Okay, if you love me, can you just do what I asked you to do? Right? There is a point where God is challenging us. I know. But now I also want to go and feed my sheep. Go and feed my sheep. Right? And so God is telling me this all the time. I did that for you. I'm going to ask you to do that for others. And I believe that's a call on every single one of us. Is that we have a responsibility not to hoard the faith we've been given. But to share the faith. The gift that's been given to every single one of us. Because that's what it is. It's a gift from him. Amen? I want to share the second thing. And the second thing was this. We didn't get to see all this. But uh, when we came home from that trip, there, the church group actually went separately. And on their way home, they actually decided just to stop in this little tiny village, right? Probably three, four hours away from the other one. And they decided, well, we'll get some gas there and we'll grab some food and stuff like that. So they pull up and they probably got, I don't know, what, uh, 30 plus people with them. And so they pull up and they just are letting the people go out to get some food, go to the bathroom, right, all that stuff. And the pastor gets out, and some guy just comes up to him and says, so who are you guys? Who's the group? So the pastor's talking to him like I would just be talking to Jim, just a conversation where, you know, Gavin probably can't hear what's going on. Todd definitely can't hear what's going on. But he's having this conversation with him. And before you know it, five minutes go by, guy gets saved. And then all of a sudden, something happens. And the pastor says to me, he says, I can't believe this. I've never seen this. It was as if... I was in the Bible. Because this has not happened before. Because as I'm talking to this one individual, all of a sudden people start running from all over, saying, I want this, I want this, I want this. And he's looking around going, what do you want? What what you're giving him? We want this. And all of a sudden they're all going nuts, going, what is going on here? They couldn't have heard it. But God was preparing them for something. Because he's a big God. They actually had to go back to that village because they didn't have enough Bibles to give away because so many people got saved. That's the power of our king. Right? The same God who lives here lives there. And he can do the same things here. And so if I can share anything, I hope today that you can grab that. Because I'm going to keep sharing. But honestly, if you can grab that right now, because that's essential to not just your journey, but the journey of everybody in this city that we prayed for today and in this nation that we prayed for today. It's essential that we catch this. Otherwise, nothing happens. And we've seen what nothing does. Nothing. We want that to shift. So guess what? It starts with our heart. It starts with my heart. 
In fact, I cannot stay the same as I am. I don't want to stay the same as I am. It needs to shift. And that will lead me into this message because, you know, God has been speaking to me loud and clear. I'm hearing his voice more and more. Is anybody hearing the voice of God? Sometimes it's tough. But let me tell you something. He is always speaking. Always. So I want to share a story with you. Some of you have probably heard this story before. I've shared this story probably a thousand times, maybe 2,000 times. It's just not here. I share it in the schools all the time because this is part of my journey. And there's a quote, there's a verse in Proverbs, and it says this. Wisdom calls out to everyone, but the foolish run away and don't listen. Right? We'll repeat that. Wisdom calls out to everyone, whether you're saved, unsaved, it doesn't matter. Wisdom calls out to everyone, but the foolish run away and they don't listen. Now, I got to share some of this in Peru, but I really felt like God said, this is for this church. Well, I want to tell you a story because I've been foolish many times. Anybody been foolish? Right? I have been 100% foolish. I have ignored that voice. And guess what? I remember that voice speaking to me when I was in grade 3. Now, grade 3, I didn't want to have anything to do with God. I mean, my parents divorced when I was 6 or 7 years old. It was over an abusive situation, so I saw a lot of abuse. Right? To me, even the concept of God at that time was a little hard. And I'm only in grade 3. I just, you know, when you're looking at a father who's doing things that you know are just wrong, your concept of God gets a little skewed. Right? So something inside of me was just like, I'm not really interested in all that. Yet he still was speaking to me. Right? And I remember this day as clear as day because I was being a naughty kid this day. And so I want to share a story about when I went to Safeway. Now, this is again in grade three. My mom, me, and my sister, we all lived uh, in Briar and Courts, which is probably about five minutes away from West Edmonton Mall. It was a low-income area. It was, uh, you know, we called it the hood. I remember when we lived there. It was kind of like the hood. It was our hood. And uh, I remember one day my mom came home and said, we got to go shopping. I said, okay. So she's taking us to Safeway, me and my sister. I hated going shopping with my mom, right? Because my mom was that lady that when you go to Safeway, she was going to start at this aisle, right? And you know there's a lot of aisles. My mom was the one that was going to start here, and it didn't matter. She was going to go down every single aisle in the entire store. Whether she bought something in that aisle or not, she was going to go down it. How many of you are like that? You have to go down every aisle. There it is. There's a bunch of them. Okay? That was my mom. Every single aisle, she's got to go down it. So we get there, and we're going down these aisles, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. There's the broccoli. There's this. There's that. This is just terrible. She's putting all this stuff in the buggy. And, of course, I'm just dying like, when is this going to end? When is this going to end? But all of a sudden, we get down this one aisle, and it piqued my interest. I'm like, what is that? Oh, my goodness. There's toys in this aisle. Yeah, I don't know if Safeway still does it, but they had a toy aisle back then. I remember all of a sudden, I'm looking at the toys, going, huh, there's a rocket ship right there. I want that rocket. I think it was like 22 bucks. But it's one of those rockets that you take. You go find a big field, right? You put it down on the field. You light the little fuse. Shh, into the air. This is a long time ago. Tell me, I don't know if that's a cool toy anymore, but that, back then, this was a cool toy. I wanted this toy really bad. And so what did I do? I look at my mom. Mom, can I have it? Can I have it? Please, 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 please. Can I have this? My mom says, 
No, we're not here to buy toys. We're here to buy groceries. Oh, but I really, 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 really want it. Can I please have it, Mom? And my mom uses the trump card. We don't have enough money. money. So as a young kid, I realized right away, well, I can't go against that. This is my mom. I'm not going to bug her if we don't have the money. So I let off. But all of a sudden, we're going down the rest of those aisles. What am I thinking about? We get to the checkout. I'm still thinking about the... I'm eating dinner. I'm daydreaming about the... I go to bed. I am dreaming about the... I'm in math class the next day, completely daydreaming again, thinking about the rockets. And I'm thinking to myself this. How can I get the rocket? There's got to be a way for me to get this rocket. (sighs) My mind starts going all over the place. And all of a sudden, I have this great idea. I got a friend in grade two. His name is Sean. And this kid really, 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 really likes me. I think I can get Sean to come with me to Safeway. And we'll go to Safeway. I'm going to bring my coat. And I'm pretty sure I can take that rocket. I can put it inside that coat. I'm going to give it to Sean. He's going to walk 10 to 15 feet in front of me. And I'm going to fall him out of the store. Now, of course, my plan is to do that because if he gets caught, I'm going to run. Right? Of course. Nice friend here. So I plan this out inside my head. And then I find Sean at recess. And there he is. Sean, i got to tell you about this rocket. And I mean, I painted the picture really good, right? And by the end of it, he said, how are we going to get the rocket? I'm like, oh, I'm going to tell you how we're going to get it. And I tell him my master plan of how we're going to get the rocket. Sean looks at me, and I still don't get it to this day. He says, oh, that's a great plan. Let's go get the rocket. I'm like, yes, so as soon as school's done, we're going to go do this. And so, you know, you're hard. I'm not in English class. I'm not even in gym class, and I love gym class. My head is still on the rocket all day. I am planning this out perfectly in my mind. I am scheming it. This young grade three kid writes, master thief, right? And so I plan it out, and me and Sean go to Safeway. And we get there, and we start walking down the aisle, and we see the rocket. And he looks at me and goes, that's a rocket. I'm like, I told you, man. He's like, okay, what do we do? What do we do? I said, I told you. Hold on. I grab the rocket, and I take my coat. I put it inside the coat, and I put it in Sean's hands. Sean has it. I'm like, okay, buddy, start walking. I'll start looking for security, man. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. He's 10 feet in front of me. We're walking, we're walking, we're walking, we're walking. I'm looking around. Nobody, nobody anywhere. And there's the front doors, right? He gets out the front doors. I get out the front doors. And I'm looking at Sean with this big smile on my face, and Sean's looking right at me like this. And all of a sudden, as I'm looking at him, about to give him a high five, I see his face go from this. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And there's the guy standing there with a white coat, little Safeway badge. Points to Sean, says, get back here right now. He looks at me, he goes, you too. You are the mastermind behind it. I watched you the entire way, both of you get in here and get upstairs. So they bring us upstairs to this dark, dungy room with all these boxes, you know, and he's saying, you're not going anywhere until I get a hold of your parents, and you're both banned from Safeway forever which they never held up. I go in there all the time. (laughs) He gets a hold of my sister. That's terrible. My older sister too, right? So I knew I was dead, right? This is definitely going to mom no matter what. So he gets a hold of my sister. He says, you can go home. Looks at Sean, you can't go anywhere until we get a hold of your parents. And also I look at Sean as I'm about to leave and he just starts crying his eyes out. He's just bawling, weeping. Did I care? I did not care. I was like, i got to get out of here. Like, it was the most awkward. I want out of here right now. So I left. I went home. Now, I got in big trouble. 
right? My mom laid into me, right? It wasn't good. I got grounded, whatever, stuff like that. I didn't know the other part of this because Sean stayed there. And eventually Sean was allowed to go home. But the one thing he told Sean was that, or he told Sean's parents was I was the mastermind behind the whole thing. And on that day, Sean's parents made a decision. And their decision was this, that he was never allowed to hang out with me again. Ever. Consequence that I didn't see that was going to happen. Right? I had no clue. And I can honestly look at you today and say, Sean never hung out with me again. Ever. Never. That was it. Done. Never seen him again. Got a new Sean friend in my life, right? Thank you, God. Never saw him again. I can honestly say something to you here. I remember very clearly standing in that aisle at Safeway looking at the rocket hearing this voice in my head and the voice said don't take the rocket but I want that rocket don't take the rocket don't do it don't do it that's a nice rocket though don't take the rocket the consequence is too high don't do it it's not right but I want the that day I chose to be foolish. I didn't listen. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that was the Lord speaking to me loud and clear, trying to save me. You see, the voice of wisdom is speaking to all of us. I know right now I could ask every single one of you, how many of you had that moment? Put your hand up, come on. That's all of us probably, right? I don't care if you stole a cookie from your parents, you stole 25 cents. 90% of the time it's theft. How many of you have stolen something? Let's confess, right? Come on, yes. There goes the vo- Whoa. And you knew it was wrong, didn't you? Right? Or you told a rumor about somebody that somehow inside you had this check. I shouldn't be doing this right now, but I really want to. It's juicy information. Right? It feels so great to tell them. Right? And I I feel like I'm on top of the world. I'm the popular one. But I shouldn't be doing this. We ignore the voice. That voice of wisdom is always speaking to us, whether we're believers or non-believers. I don't care who you are in this room right now. You have heard that voice. That voice is not just your conscience, right? It's the Lord trying to speak to you because he's trying to speak to every single one of you. Why? Because he cares about you. He cares so much about you. And so today, I actually want to challenge the believers a little more today because that voice of wisdom is still speaking to us all the time. And right now, the thing that I cannot get out of me is James 4, 8. Draw close to me and I will draw close to you. I feel like the Lord has got this megaphone right now. Because I've heard this preached a hundred times. If you just get a little closer, if you just get a little closer, if you just get a little closer, then yes, you'll break through that stuff. If you just get a little closer, then yes, your faith will be built up. If you'll just get a little closer, then yes, you'll actually know what to say to somebody when there's a moment to actually share the gospel. I have no, get closer to Jesus if you don't know what to say. He takes care of those problems. In fact, he says this in his word. I will fill you with the words to say. I will fill your mouth with the words to say. That is who he is. That's what he wants to do. And so the thing I felt God really saying is this is, will you draw closer to me? Will you draw closer to me? And so I want to share two stories with you today because sometimes I think there's things that get in the way of that. And I'm just going to focus on two because there's many. But sometimes there's obstacles that get in our way, right? There's just things. I want to draw closer to him, but I've got too many things going on here. 
So many obstacles. It's really hard to do this. And phase two is this, is I want to draw close to him, but what do I really have to offer him? What can I give him? I'm just a sinner, man. I've done a lot of bad things. I had a lot of horrible thoughts this week. If the world knew these thoughts, man, they wouldn't want to be around me. Can you imagine if all our thoughts right now were just out on the table, right? We all have them, every single one of us. So I feel that he wants to speak into this a little bit because we got a good God. We sang about it today, right? We have a good God. And so I'm going to speak mostly out of Luke today. And the first thing I want to talk about is out of Luke uh, 19, verses 1 to 10. We're going to talk about Zacchaeus. Everybody know who Zacchaeus is? Right? Oh, I'm going to read it just in case you don't. Because I like this story quite a bit, actually. It's a good story. And I think there is a learning principle behind this that I think God wants to share with us today. So, uh, chapter 19, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was one of the most influential Jews in the Roman tax-collecting business, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowds. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree beside the road so he could watch from there. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, come down. Quick, come down, for I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the crowds were displeased. He has gone to be with the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I have overcharged people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded to him, Salvation has come to, come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be the son of Abraham. And I, the son of man, have come to seek and to save those like him who are lost. That's a great lesson in there. It's a really good lesson. I want you to think about that. I want to paint a bit of a different picture for you. Let me just get a few of you big guys. Lauren, come here. Yeah, Brian, come here. Ben, come here. Gord, come here. I'm going to bring Gord up here in his shorts. Me and Gord had a talk today. I said, I'm jealous that you get to wear shorts. I want to wear shorts in church. I just don't know if you guys would be okay with that or not, eh? All right, just stand up here. Let's see. We'll put you here. These are big, good-looking guys, right? Let's move them over here just a little bit. Come here, Lauren, all right? Now, here's kind of the picture, and this is a reality of our life sometimes, right? I mean, Jesus is over there, and I want to get to him. You know, Tiffy would be better. She was, is she still here? I know, I won't do it, Tiffy. I'd love Tiffy here because Tiffy would be here on these guys. But sometimes this is what it's like. Where is he? Where is he? Oh, I just I can't even see him, and there's these obstacles in my way. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I, I just can't get to him. And the thing I love about Zakia is this is he didn't spend all of his time focusing on all the obstacles that were in his way at that moment. He actually just said, i got to get a better view. i got to get a better view. So he just kind of pushed his way right through the crowd, right? He's going to find a way. And as soon as he finds a way, he gets up that tree, and he's just sitting there staring at Jesus. Now give these guys a hand. That's all I needed from you guys. Good job. 
let me tell you something about this because this blows me away because he wasn't focused on all the obstacles. All he was focused on is, I I need a better view of Jesus. I need to see him. I'm going to climb a tree. Well, that makes sense, right? Sure, everybody's looking at him. What is he doing? But he doesn't say one word to Jesus, does he? Not one word. Let's remind ourselves of James 4, 8, right? Draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. All he's trying to do is get a better view because he wants to see Jesus. He's trying to get past the obstacles that are right in front of him. And there's many obstacles in front of him. Not one word spoken and Jesus looks up. I'm sure he had a big smile on his face too. What are you doing in a tree, Zacchaeus? Get down from there. He didn't care if he was a tax collector, how much sin he had in his life. He didn't care about any of that stuff in that moment. He saw his heart. Right through all the garbage, he saw his heart right in that moment. And something inside of Zacchaeus' heart said, I want to know him. I need to know him. I need a better view of him. I'll do whatever it takes to see him. You see, some of us get behind those obstacles, and it's just like we're focused right on that obstacle. All I see is Brian and Brian, Brian. I just can't get it out of my life. Brian, I don't have enough money. There's too much going on in my own family right now. I'm depressed. I'm angry. It's just the stuff. Who's got stuff? Can we put our hands up? Who's got stuff? Okay, look around first. No, put your hand up. This is important. We all got stuff. Every single one of us has stuff. Okay, but I'm telling you, if we want to see the harvest, we're going to have to find a way to not be so focused on our stuff and to get something inside of us that says, you know what, I'm getting past the obstacle, whatever it is. I mean, there's a million stories like this in the Bible, right? The disciples in the boat, all they could focus on was the storm. Jesus gets up. You have little faith. I just hear him saying in their ears right now, whatever it is, I'm in charge. I got you. I'm building your faith up. I'm just trying to get you to trust me more. You can't even trust me on a silly little boat ride. Whatever it is, I I honestly can tell you this right now, whatever is going on in your journeys, he's trying to make you stronger. He's trying to give you bigger shoulders. He's got plans for you. And they're not just plans to get a nice house, great car, raise your kids. No, he wants you to change the world for him. And so he is going to work on you until you shift, until you get it. And if you keep going after these things, he's going to take you through the same process. Same process. This is terrible. This, why is this, why is God abandoning me? No, no, no. I don't think he abandoned you. I think we've abandoned him. Right? I'm not sure if Brett said this last week, but I like it. It's about his mission, not our mission. We need to get on board with his mission. We don't want him to come behind us and join us on ours. Right? He's got a mission. He is pretty clear about his mission for all of us. In fact, he tells us to, and if you seek me in the middle, let's draw close to me, James 4, 8. I'll take care of it all. Do you believe me or not? Right? We find out what we really believe in the midst of circumstances. Right? When I see that inside of me, right, I have that pity moment. Yeah, I do. This is terrible. I'm a horrible person. I'm this, this. When is this going to... 
you're right, Lord. I just got to keep walking forward. You are my captain. In the midst of, you're going to take me through this. In fact, there's going to be a redemption story attached to this too. And when the redemption story comes, guess what? I can't wait to share it in front of our church. Why? Because it's going to build faith. You and I have a responsibility to go forward and to fight and to not be focused on our obstacles because we need to have more testimonies in our life so that when the loss walks in these doors, we have something good to tell them. I overcame this. I overcame this. Why? Because I didn't quit. Because I didn't just focus on it and just sit there and sit in it. We don't want to sit in that stuff. Ugh. Right? All right, point two. Let's flip over to Luke 7. Point two, if you remember, is sometimes we don't think we have anything really to offer him. And in chapter 7, verses 36 to 50, I might read all of it, we'll see. Jesus, anointed by a sinful woman. Anybody remember this story? Where do I want to start here? Now we'll start here. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to come to his home for a meal. So Jesus accepted the invitation and sat down to eat. A certain immoral woman heard he was there and brought a beautiful jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her, te- her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisees, when the Pharisee who was the host saw what was happening and who the woman was, he said to himself, This proves that Jesus is no prophet. If God had really sent him, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Aren't we all, right? Then Jesus spoke up and answered his thoughts. <laughs> You've got to love that. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. All right, teacher, Simon replied, go ahead. Then Jesus told him this story. A, a man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to another, but neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss of greeting, but she has kissed my feet again and again from the time I first came in. You neglected the courtesy of of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who has forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. I think that's a powerful story. Let me tell you something, man. You've got to get this in your head. He will even take your tears. I've got nothing to offer him. I mean, he'll, he'll take your tears. He'll take whatever you have. He's just looking for your heart. This is massive. 
This is huge for each of us because there's something that keeps us from drawing close to the Father, and often it's this. Yeah, but I did this, I did this, and I, have, I just have nothing to give him now. Yes, you do. You have a lot to give him. Give him your heart, give him your tears, give him whatever. All he's saying is, if you give me something, I'll take it. If you give me something, I'll take it. But here's the problem. Is sometimes we're just like Simon. We're busy evaluating all the situations of what's proper and what's not proper. I don't know how many of us have even done that today. There's things we do and we don't like about church. I don't know if I like how the worship team is offering their praise to Jesus today. I don't know how that person can express themselves that way. It's a little bit weird to me. And then I I just hear Jesus in the background. (laughs) I came and I visited you today. And you didn't even give me a cup of water. She gave me her tears. (laughs) You see... We've made this a little more complicated than it needs to be. He's looking for your heart. He's looking for you just to say, I'm going to push past whatever it is. I'm just going to give it to you right now. Whatever I have in me, if it's just my tears, I'm going to give it to him right now. If we can actually grab on to this again, Because let me tell you something. This message is about the lost, whether you realize it or not. This message is about evangelism, whether you realize it or not. Because I realize something, that if we're not actually feeding from the foundation, we can't do any of that stuff. If we're not getting closer and closer to Jesus, we really have nothing to offer. We have to. It's, it's, It's all combined. We have to get that in our head. It's not about evangelism and about worshiping. No, no, no. It's all combined. I mean, outreach... Evangelism, it should just be the overflow of your heart. Why? Because you love Jesus, and guess what? Jesus loves us. Uh, I'm sorry, there's just no way around that one. He died for every single sinner out there. He wants that none should perish. He wants that in your heart, because that's his heart. But I'm this right, eh, get rid of the titles. (laughs) Throw them all out. He's got a mission. You need to jump on board, whatever his mission is, and he's very clear once again about his mission. I'm going to quickly share two things to you because I want to share a couple personal parts of this. Because I want to share with you a time. You know, it was funny. Actually, Jim came up to me during the service this morning. And I guess I was doing this this morning. I don't know if you saw that. Right? And I normally do this. Right? That's about it. That's all you get out of me. And Jim goes, be careful. I think you're almost dancing. Right? (laughs) I kind of laughed about that because someone was saying, Gord needs to dance today in church. How many thinks Gord needs to dance? I'd love to see him up there, right? In those shorts, right? Maybe we should get everybody in shorts up here and they can do a little dance, right? It's funny he said that because, again, I realize I'm not the most overly expressive person in the world. But let me confirm something with every single one of you. I love Jesus. I am passionate about him. Okay, just because sometimes I sit there doesn't mean, oh, he hates Jesus. Get, stop. Instead of focusing on me or anybody else, go give him some water. Yeah. All right, stop that. Okay, that's quick. Stop it, stop it, stop it. You're wasting your time when you come to church and you're thinking about everybody else and their problems. Yeah. Right? Stop. Give him a glass of water. Yeah. What are you here for? To evaluate me? I know you're going to good. 
That's not why you're here. Give him a glass of water. I mean, I can come up here and give the worst message in the world. It doesn't matter. You're still responsible to come up here, sit in these chairs, whatever it is, give him a glass of water. That's the way he works. And as you learn to do this, he's going to fill you up. He's going to give you... But here's the other part. I'll just touch on this, and then I want to tell you these stories. And we've got to get it in our head. It's not just about giving him a glass of water on Sunday. Right? That is one of the biggest lies the enemy has planted in the church today. It's about Sunday, Wednesday, whatever day it is, Tuesday. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Every day. Every day. Smith Wiggleworth, I think he said it well. He said, I should never pray more than five minutes at a time. But I never go five minutes without praying. I never stop talking to him because guess what? He's always in front of me. Always in front of me. So I'm always giving him whatever I can. Always trying to listen to him because he's always trying to speak to me. Every moment, he's got something to share. And if I'm listening to him, we're going to get what we're asking for. Right? So quickly, two things. Is I remember one of the, I don't know, I guess, encounter moments in my life. All right? I had an encounter moment here, and I haven't had a lot of those moments where it's like, oh my goodness, Jesus just like, I feel like he just touched me, and he did, uh, what just happened? How many have had those moments where it's just like, I just know it was, it was totally different, right? And I had a moment here, and this is years ago. I was a youth pastor back then. This is like, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. And I remember I was speaking during an evening service, and I was, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but I'll tell you part of it, is I was in the middle of a dilemma. I mean, life had thrown some obstacles at me. And I was so focused on my obstacles. I mean, I was consumed by these obstacles, right? I, I just couldn't get my head off of it. Right? And I remember I preached the whole service, did this whole thing, and God is so neat because he uses the weak to do things. You know, the Lord showed up that night, and I mean, we were here till 11 o'clock that night, and the Spirit just moved, right? And I mean, I was not in a place probably to even speak, but he still uses us, even in our weakness, and he did it that night. And I remember just being in here, and some random guy is over here, just sitting here. And I saw him a couple times, but didn't pay much attention to him. And I just remember sitting there, and then after the service is kind of done or whatever, like the main part, uh, he just comes over and he sits beside me, and he goes, are you Chris Bannis? I said, yeah, I'm Chris Bannis. Why? He goes, man, I, I've heard for the last month I have to give this message to Chris Bannis, but I didn't know who he was. And your name was on the sign saying you were speaking. He said, so I just came here, and I wanted to find out who you were. He goes, I have a word for you. And without getting into the nitty-gritty details, he literally just explained it, everything that was going on in my journey. Everything. To a T. Every single thing that was going on. I don't know if this guy's an angel. I don't know. Because sometimes it says we're entertaining angels. I don't know. But I'm telling you this much, man. As soon as he said that, something just shook inside of me. And I just remember falling on my face right here. This stuff wasn't here before and it was orange carpet. <laughs> I was just on my face before the Lord. And I kid you not, I've never had this happen because my wife says this all the time. You don't really cry too much. I know Mark gets that too, right? Who doesn't cry too much? All right, so there's a bunch of us. Good. So I, I don't cry too much, but I'm telling you, something happened to me that day. Fell on my face on this floor and I sobbed for probably an hour. And Lindsay was here too. I don't know if you remember that night. I was on the floor for at least an hour, hour and a half. Just weeping. I mean, snot coming out of my nose. It was ugly. And I mean, everybody scattered. Nobody was around me. I was just by myself right there. But while everybody else scattered, Jesus came and he just rested right upon me. (laughs) 
because he just took what I offered him. I didn't have much. I had snot. I had tears. It's true. They took it. He took it. You see, sometimes, again, we've made this too complicated. He just wants what you can give. He wants you to give him a cup of water. Oh, we've got to get in the practice of doing that all the time. I think I'll skip the other one because it's 12 o'clock. We'll talk about it another time. Worship team, why don't you come on up? I asked them to sing a song just to close. I'm not going to do an altar call or anything like that. I don't think. I just feel like maybe. Who knows, right? I, I, there's two things on my heart right away. One of them Brett said last week is, you know, before he came up and he actually did a little salvation message, you know, he said to me, we should be doing this every week. And so I, I think he's right. I don't know who's in this room today, right? But I know this, that there's a possibility that somebody is in this room right now. And on the inside, you're just dying. And you're wondering why you're even in this place today, but I know this. It's not by fluke. I can actually say this, that I think he planned this day a long time ago. He knew that today was actually that moment for you to have an encounter with him. And it's actually not that hard. He simply says, just acknowledge me as king. In fact, I actually think it's even less harder than we made it. Because I think of Zacchaeus and I think of that woman, I don't think I even heard them say the sinner's prayer. But the heart. Jesus knew the heart. And what he wants right now is for you just to give him your heart. So I'm going to pray for you and then I just want us to stand. We're going to sing that song. This is how we fight our battles because there's a truth to it. Right? That whatever it is, I think the solution for you is to draw closer to the Lord. To get into his word. Be praying every single day. All the time. Getting your eyes off of all the problems. Put your eyes on the solution. If we actually can get ourselves into this posture... I know for a fact he's going to download us with his heart. And when he gives us all of his heart, it's all going to change. We prayed for it. The community's going to change. Canada's going to change. It's all going to change. So let's pray first. Father God, right now, for whoever's in this room, if they don't know you, and this is that moment where they're saying, you know what? I need him in my life. It's been hard. It's been awkward. I've been angry. There's been stuff. But I know the way I've been trying to do it isn't working. I need him in my life because he changes everything. If that's true, i got to give it a shot right now. i got to let him in. i got to let him in. Because everything else I've tried hasn't worked. And so, Father, right now, for anybody in this room who doesn't know you, it's a simple thing of saying, Jesus, come into my life and be my Lord. And I choose to follow you. Right now, in these seconds, you just have to say that to yourself. Because he's literally right there with you, right now. And if you said that prayer, I want to encourage you before you leave today, please come talk to me. I want to encourage you. I want to share with you maybe some steps you can take. I'm not going to do anything weird, trust me. But Father God, for all of us in this room, 
we desire you. Why? Because we desire that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We desire, God, that our nation would be saved. We desire that our city would be saved. We desire that our households would be saved. God, we desire that our kids, I just said to our kids who are not serving the Lord will come running back in Jesus' name. They'll come running back in Jesus' name. Why? Because we're seeking Him. We're loving Him. So, Father, we choose to say yes to you right now. If you want to come up, come up. If you want to stay in your seats, stay in your seats. We're going to sing this song, and then I'm going to dismiss. Amen? Amen? But it don't end now that we walk out the door. I mean, the word fight is in there for a reason, right? It's a fight. I'm sorry, we got, we got an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. It's a fight. So you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to get that in you. Right? No quitting. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. And we're going to be about the business of the Lord. Amen? It's time to put those things down that are in the way of what he's called us to do. Because we've got a world waiting for us. We need to be about his business. So I'm going to pray. If you need prayer, I'm going to encourage you to come on up. We've got people who are going to pray for you. If you gave your life to Jesus, I want you to come talk to me. Right? We need to talk to one another. So please do that before you leave. Other than that, we're going to dismiss because I know people need to go. But Father God, we thank you so much that you are a good God. That you love us so much. And that today was a day again you planned a long time ago. Because you wanted to meet certain people right here in our midst. And God, today, may this be the day that they put that stake in the ground. And I'm not turning back. I'm not turning back. I'm going forward with the Lord. So bless you this week. Walk with him. Know him. Encourage one another. Shake someone's hand before you leave. There are a lot of new people here. We got a welcome table in the back. Don't leave without talking to them. We want you to feel like family here. So bless you. If you need to go, go. If you need prayer, come on up.